Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Mel. And I'm Janet. As many of you know, 2022 was a big year for me. I made the decision to, and went through the process of, freezing my eggs. I shared my experience in episode 183, Janet's egg freezing journey, giving yourself time to start a family. And at the time of that recording, I was about one week out from my first egg retrieval. And now that it's been about six months since I completed that first cycle of egg freezing, I wanted to share an update and also a bit of a deeper reflection on the process. I am so excited to hear this update, Janet. I feel like a lot of women, including our friends, have started the process of freezing their eggs. And it's one of those things where the more we talk about it, the more it becomes normalized and the more people are empowered to make personal decisions about something as important as freezing their eggs. How have you been feeling since you completed that first cycle of egg freezing? How are you feeling physically and mentally? Thank you for that, Helen. Yes, I want to preface before I share anything that, um, you know, I had a unique situation and that I had a diminished ovarian reserve. So my doctor and I decided to alter uh, the procedure that I would go through with less number of and dosage of medications and hormones um, and also more rounds. So everything I'm sharing about my experience is a reflection of that type of approach. Um, But given that, now that it's been six months since that first egg retrieval, uh, physically, I would say that I am feeling a little less well than I was before. Mm. Um, And not necessarily because of the process itself. During the egg freezing period, um, I personally significantly lightened my physical activity after that first cycle of egg freezing. And it's not because you can't work out while you're going through the process of freezing your eggs. Um, My personal schedule just got a little bit busier and my personal priorities changed a bit. Uh, In fact, it's actually totally possible to exercise and to keep going with it um, while you're doing the injections. I think really the only like period where you probably should minimize your physical activity is the week leading up to the procedure and maybe a week after. 
Um, but for me personally, because I just my personal priorities change, I kind of pause doing yoga or jogs or any type of like moderate physical activity. And so overall, that has made me just feel less like physically well and maybe like a little bit less mm. like resilient mm. um, after the egg freezing process. Uh, but you know, it's not like horrible. I've, I still feel like functional and good and no like extreme, um, you know, side effects. But now that I'm six months after that first retrieval, I am trying to get more back into uh, my yoga and, you know, going on walks and hiking and stuff like that. I do know that in some of the research I did, um, a lot of women will feel weight gain from the experience. Um, and I personally, I didn't notice in any um, like extreme weight gain, I think even though I lessened my physical activity, I did make a conscious effort to eat better and also lessen the amount I was drinking alcohol um, in order to support better fertility. So that might be kind of why it kind of evened out. Um, and then that's more on just like the physical body, how I'm feeling level. But in terms of like, um, do I feel any like hormone changes or changes in my sex drive? Based on the blood work results um, that I was regularly getting during the time before, during, and after the egg freezing procedure, I don't believe that my hormone levels were ever negatively impacted by the process. Um, and even during those like two to three cycles I went through, my sex drive seemed also normal as I was doing that. But I will say, after like what it's been like three months now since I've had any egg freezing related hormones or medications in my body, I have noticed a little dip <laughs> in sex drive, but it could also be related to other factors of stress in my life. So I wouldn't take that as like a, mm. a definite. Um, but yeah, I would say that that is my personal experience physically has been not not bad, but also not the most spectacular. Um, mentally, I have to be honest, I'm pretty burnt out about thinking about children and fertility. Mm. Um, I went through two and a half cycles when I was aiming for four cycles and paused after that uh, for reasons I'll share later. And um, basically, that means that I was from the month of July to December for like half a year, I was doing something related to egg freezing. Mm. I was taking vitamins mm. every day. I was tracking which day and which injection I should be taking. Or I was planning my personal schedule around surgery dates because you don't know until like 24 hours before when the actual date will be. Um, I was also tracking my period on when I was not doing egg freezing for the next round and kind of working through all mm. that. I think I have like over 50 messages back and forth with the clinic on their patient portal just around coordinating and medication, procedure questions, all of that. So honestly, after all of that, I'm just feeling really mentally exhausted. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy because it, it, the way you described everything, it's like every single day, whether it's like one small to one large part of your routine is focused on like tracking your like period or things like that everything is associated with it so I can see why after six months you're just like I'm kind of ready to just like wrap this up and then kind of move on and see what happens right yeah totally and you kind of touched upon like you know the different physical I guess um, possible side effects that you may or may not have experienced are there any other side effects you might have felt from the process like I know you mentioned to both Helen and myself that you know you did have to go on birth control to regulate your period to help with the egg retrieval process but you know now that you know you're um, I guess completed your your egg freezing process. Are you feeling irregular periods or anything else uh, that relates to side effects? Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, it's been three months since I've had anything um, egg freezing related, medication wise or um, hormone wise, in my body. And what I have noticed is that my period 
um, is more irregular. So it actually, my period became irregular while I was going through the process. Mm. And also in different points in my life, like just generally, I'm kind of irregular. I'll have mm. periods where it's kind of irregular and periods where it's more like normalized, but I've never been like a exact, you know, exactly on this day of the month, it's, it's going to come. Um, so it has been a little more than usual. And in fact, when I do get my period now, it's a little bit longer than usual. Um, generally, I would have like maybe three days of heavy bleeding and then like a couple days of spotting. Now it's like sometimes like five to seven days. Mm. Um, but Mel, like you said, it might not be the hormones. It might just be because on that last cycle, they put me on birth control. And there's a lot that it that in your body can change while you're trying to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's only also been three months. So I could see I'm probably in the next like three or six months, I'm going to be tracking to see, um, hopefully it will kind of return back to a normal level of irregularity. Mm. Um, also though, I don't know, this might be TMI, but you know, blood isn't the only thing that happens down there. Um, periods are one thing that we deal with as women, but there's also vaginal discharge. And, you know, on a normal level, there's like a normal amount that you can have. Um, I did notice that after going through the procedure in the last like couple of months, I have had like heavier than usual vaginal mm-hmm. discharge. I haven't really checked in with the doctor about that because I figured it might just, it could be other things. Um, I'll see and I'll continue to track to see how that goes. And in terms of um, like maybe mood side effects, I will say that um, during the procedure, I maybe felt a little bit tired as I was going through the process, a little bit more tired than usual. And also I would feel like bloated maybe three to five days before getting the egg retrieval and a little bit after. Mm. Um, But I didn't really feel any extreme moodiness, even while I was on the medication and the hormones. And also some of these symptoms that women will sometimes get from periods like weight gain and acne um, that maybe was more amped up when they were on the hormones. I didn't personally feel that way. Um, I don't personally experience that during my regular cycles. And uh, for for me during the hormone and medication process, Maybe because it was a lower amount. I don't know. Um, uh, I didn't experience that either. Mm-hmm. That's good to know that it didn't affect you too much. Because um, I know one of my managers that was going through the process, it definitely affected her. And then it affected me. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I feel like throughout the process, you were very even keeled. Mm-hmm. And um, we obviously just wanted to give you that time and space in case you needed to, you know, feel things out a little bit more than maybe you normally would. Um, But I would say that you seem to go through the process very easily. And I'm sure it was very difficult poking yourself (laughs) and, you know, taking all of the the medication and things like that. But I feel like you did an amazing job just getting through that process. Um, And congrats for doing that. Thank you. But I know one big factor that many people think about when freezing their eggs and how many cycles they decide to go through in freezing their eggs is the egg count. And you mentioned that earlier that yours was maybe a little bit less than what you maybe expected. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a certain number of eggs that you were hoping to extract in your first cycle? Mm-hmm. Um, and how many cycles did you actually end up going through? You said you wanted to go through four and you ended up doing two and a half, did you say? 
Yes. Yeah. So this is a really good question and probably the biggest thing that I would emphasize for anyone who is just starting their research process is to dig a little deeper after your first consultation in terms of your um, egg count and be prepared that it might take multiple rounds. Uh, for me, I know I had an extreme case because of the, um, uh, of the diminished ovarian reserve, which actually, by the way, for those who experienced it, because I think 10% of women will have what they call a diminished ovarian reserve. It doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant. It just means that you have less amount of eggs, but the eggs that you have, depending on your egg and your your health situation could just be as fine, right? And, and at that point, it becomes kind of a statistics game in terms of your um, uh, ability to get pregnant. But for me, after that first consultation and figuring that out, he had prepared me to expect two to three rounds. So we were, we knew that it would for sure be more than one round mm -hmm. based on the fact that I had low reserve, but we didn't know until we put the medications in my body to see how it would react, to see how many um, would be um, primed. And then after, only after the first extraction would we get some sort of like level set of like what I would generally be able to get. So after that first round, I got three eggs. Now mm -hmm. I've heard stories of women who go in and in one cycle will get like 20 eggs. Um, but you know, once again, it also doesn't necessarily like number is one thing, but the quality of the eggs and whether they'll be um, uh, be able to pass on to be frozen successfully is another thing. So initially after the procedure, they'll tell you how many eggs they got and then they'll call you back a day or two later to see now that we've gone through the freezing procedure, some of them will make it and some of them mm -hmm. won't. So I got three eggs extracted and three eggs that successfully survived the freezing stage or whatnot. Um, so at that point, the doctor said, okay, if you want two kids, we should aim for a total of 10 to 15 eggs. Mm -hmm. So we're probably going to have to do this like three to four times. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's see. And at this point, also because I was going through the procedure in a different way with less medications, I, I was still waiting to see how like costs would pan out for one cycle and, and also like physically how much time I would need in between for mm -hmm. like the, uh, for my period, be able to move on to the next cycle. But after that first round, before I can move on to start the second round, you have to basically wait for your period to start again. My period was really late after that first procedure in mid-August. So I didn't really get it until October, which mm -hmm. means my second retrieval didn't happen until early November. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, you think about from, that's like, like three months after, which is longer than probably the usual person who wants to do a back-to-back -back cycle. Um, and from that, I got two eggs. So mm -hmm. honestly, at this point, I was like a little bit burnt out <laughs> already mm -hmm. from doing this. But I thought, you know, we know we need to do at least another cycle. And it's probably better to just like pump through as much as I can. So it's like, let me just get through one more cycle. Um, however, because the timing of when I entered that third cycle and my period and they were going into holidays, so they, they're, mm. you know, they have time off over the holidays. My, um, my third cycle kind of got pushed out and then, um, we ended up and I'll share later. Also, I kind of coincided with meeting my partner and then, uh, thought about potentially changing, going from egg freezing to, to freezing embryos. Um, but basically, yeah, I, I did get through about two and a half of the aimed for four cycles. Got it. Wait, so what does the half mean? Like, did you actually go through the yeah, process of retrieving yeah. those eggs or No, or so the, the half was I started with the injections. And so after each cycle, they'll also kind of adjust the medication that they're giving you based off of mm -hmm. how you did the previous time to just get a more exact result. So they, I wasn't taking birth control the first two cycles. And then this last time they said, let's put you on birth control to like kind of like sync stuff a little bit better. And about halfway through that cycle, I think 
I forgot exactly what it was, but something happened where we thought, okay, this round is not going to, we shouldn't continue with this round. Let's just pause mm, and go on to the next round. And then that mm-hmm. also coincided with when like the holidays came. So we're like, okay, come back to us in January to kind of like start that third, to restart that third round basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then I ended up meeting my partner kind of during that time. I see. I see. So you are currently stopping the egg freezing process for the next cycle, at, at least for now. Yeah, yeah. So after uh, my partner and I um, kind of talked about it, we decided that we were going to ultimately pause everything for about a year. And at that time, revisit if it makes sense to do embryos or I might Mm. personally decide to freeze more eggs. But as of right Mm. now, I have five eggs in the bank, um, which I guess it's, it's still not guaranteed that all of them are good or but it could be, I guess, for like potentially one kid, I think. Got it. And then so with the five eggs, is there like a timeline by which you have to use them or no? That is a good question. Um, I think, honestly, once I did more research into this, I realized that it could differ based off of the clinic that you went to to freeze your eggs. Nowadays, the best technology um, that they have uh, is called vitrification. So check with your clinic, make sure that that's the process that they're using, um, which is pretty much where they dehydrate the eggs and replace their fluid with what is essentially a special antifreeze. And the main benefit of going through this process is that they used to struggle with like when you thaw the eggs, a lot of them would not survive the thawing phrase. But when you use vitrification, um, they have a higher chance of surviving because the fluid that they use prevents ice crystals from forming that usually could damage the eggs when they're thawed. Um, and from a little bit of light research that I that I did in terms of time frame, they actually said that generally um, IVF specialists have been able to successfully fertilize eggs that were frozen f- for 14 years, and others have successfully created embryos from frozen eggs uh, for 10 years. So it really it could be any amount of time, I guess. That's wow. really cool. So are you? Do you have to pay extra for the reverse vitrification? Yeah. <laughs> What's it called again? The uh, yeah, the vit- vitrification process. The um, vitrification. So that's usually the clinic will have their general way of doing things. So I see. like, so the clinic that I went to, their their base procedure for what you pay for is going to be using that process. Oh, interesting. Okay, so now that your eggs are safely stored in this cushy ice vault is how I kind of imagine it. I imagine (laughs) Mm -hmm. it being like blinged out and like really cute in there. (laughs) What can you actually do with the eggs? Can you access them whenever you want to? Can you go and see them? Can you go and say hi to them? Do you have to pay each time you go in there to check on them? What can you do with the eggs? What are the options from here on? So to be honest, um, I didn't ask these questions to my clinic. Um, only because I think I personally didn't think about like checking in on the eggs or visiting them. I kind of just trusted that Mm. there was a reputable clinic. They'll store them somewhere on site. Um, and I think because I went into this process personally with only the goal to freeze my eggs and actually not knowing if I would actually use them or not, Mm -hmm. I didn't really research too much into what happens after. I knew about it through friends and through just like light conversations with the clinic and through some reading that usually what it is, is you will use it for IVF. There's all Mm -hmm. variations of how they, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's, that would be if I decided to use the eggs. I just knew I wanted to go there and extract them and freeze them for a given period. And um, my clinic does this, and I, I think probably some will do this as well. But generally, as a part of your package for doing the retrieval process, um, you pay a set fee for the initial freezing. And they have, for mine, it came with like um, you prepay for a five-year period. 
So uh, I think that part of the bill was like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars that I've paid for now. You know, I guess the real estate for my eggs to be on the shelves Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. five years time. And I personally, because of my age, I figured that if I don't use them in five years, I may not, I might just decide to not have children and to not carry and conceive. Um, But however, once I hit that five-year point, I I think there are, you know, um, uh, the ability to just continue paying additional for Mm -hmm. indefinitely, essentially, because they don't, they will never know um, if the eggs are usable or not until they unfreeze them. Right, Mm. right. And you said 1,500 or 1,600 for five years right yep yep i see and then were you also able to see the egg like how actually how big are the eggs is it microscopic is it like a fingernail size like what yeah. how big is it they are tiny tiny microscopic um and okay. and i i didn't get to see the eggs but i got to see um because through all the appointments you do a lot of like uh intravaginal ultrasounds so I have looked at my ovaries so many times now, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're super, super tiny. I think you, I, I think you would need a microscope to be able to see. That mm. is so crazy. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think just the fact that, you know, a baby is made from that tiny, 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 tiny thing. It is crazy. Super, super crazy. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Well, Janet, you did mention um, earlier that you met your partner. Um, I will say, though, as like one of your friends, seeing you go through this process, I thought it was very empowering. I, I feel like a lot of women feel that um, ticking time clock. And I think the fact mm-hmm. that you went ahead and did egg freezing, I was really happy and really proud of you for, ta- for going ahead with that process. Oh, thank but you. I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, like fate. I don't know what happened. But literally <laughs> the day after your first egg retrieval, you went on a first date which turned into the committed relationship you're currently in. Um, Can you walk us through, like, what was it like dating while going through the egg freezing process? Like, do you tell the person? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, when do you tell them? You know, you know, how does, how, how is that like? I, I totally get that. I think um, similarly to how they say for dating etiquette, like you don't want to talk about marriage on the first date, like that gets a little too crazy uh, serious. Um, Honestly, for me at, the way I've been dating the last like couple of years has been pretty straightforward. And I'm pretty much like connecting with people on the premise that I want to get married and that I want kids. So I do, I guess you could say like break all of the rules um, in terms of how I've been dating. And so 
I, th- I think during the time that I was going through the egg freezing process before Eugene and I like started getting serious, I, I think I went on like two or three first dates um, that where I was very openly talking to the guys that, you know, I, I'm going through the process of freezing my eggs. Um, and for the for the men, it wasn't much of a shocker, A, because they were they knew that I wanted a family and B, also for the guy's perspective, if the woman is freezing her eggs, it's supposed to be buying more time. So it could be a mm. bit of a relief to you that you don't need to like she's not trying to like get pregnant tomorrow. You know, she's freezing her eggs because she's intending to use them later. Um But with Eugene, we actually talked about it before we even met. I remember kind of texting with him and sharing with him the details that I was, you know, going through the process of freezing my eggs. Um, And it became a point of conversation because he's like, oh, I also I've had, you know, a couple female friends go through the process. And, um, you know, I heard it was pretty intense. Uh, And I even remember texting him because we were we had set up a date for the day after. So as I was like going in for surgery and stuff, I was like kind of telling him like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be going under anesthesia. And I've never um, I've never been through surgery beyond like my wisdom teeth being removed so it's kind of nervous about going under um and he's personally been through surgery a ton of times he like dislocated his shoulder he like uh hurt his achilles all this all this stuff so he's like oh don't worry like i'm a pro at this i can talk you through (laughs) there's nothing to worry about or like if you're feeling this it's normal um so it kind of actually for us became a way to kind of like relate and Mm. and strengthen i guess like rapport (laughs) Mm. is this a conversation that you have with so say for example you you met him off hinge right it was hinge Mm -hmm. yeah and is it clear on his profile that he wants to start a family? It was not. I don't remember anything on his profile about, um, actually, I don't remember, yeah, anything about kids or not. But I think we talked pretty early about about marriage and kids. And um, yeah, and he had said, we were on the same page of wanting that. Okay. So was it like you talk about whether or not he wants a family first and then you mentioned the egg freezing? Or is it kind of like you mentioned that this is just the process oh, you're going through? Yeah, yeah, that's a... Oh, my God. I don't even remember at this point what order that conversation happened in. Because I'm just wondering, like, when you first meet someone, like, when do you actually bring Bring up up. that you're doing this process? It's like, okay, if they want a family, hey, guess what? Like, I'm I'm also preparing Mm -hmm. for that in my future as well. Yeah. Or, you know. Um, Well, once you got more serious with Eugene... Is there, was there a time when you had a different type of conversation where it's like, okay, now what do we do with our eggs? Because you mentioned earlier, maybe, you know, creating embryos and freezing embryos instead. I know you mentioned that in maybe a past episode, which means that you were even earlier on in your relationship (laughs) with Eugene. But at what point did you start talking to him about that? Yeah. So in the beginning, when we first started dating, it was like this egg freezing thing was very much like my thing. Like I mm. was at his place a lot. You know, we were I was spending the night there a lot and um, I was going through my second cycle. So he saw me administer all the shots regularly, taking a gazillion vitamins every morning. Um, and he, you know, drove me to my second retrieval surgery and was there with me to help me heal. And up all the way through that, it was still referred to as like my thing, like Janet's freezing her eggs and these are the things that she's doing. Um, and after that second cycle, our relationship was starting to deepen. So we had started forming relationships with like each other's friends and family. Um, and it was around that time that I, I thought about it, like before that, I really had still thought of egg freezing as this is something I'm doing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about the possibility of, of involving him at all in it. Um, but after that second cycle, I was like, 
does he, should he be involved? Like, should we take his sperm and like fertilize and create an embryo? Um, and I remember calling my friend Drushti, who also, you know, I was talking to a lot during this process because she was going through IVF and egg freezing is the first half of IVF. Um, and so I was like, is it crazy if I ask him if he wants to fertilize my eggs and create an embryo? <laughs> and she was like, I know it sounds like a big thing, but, you know, speaking very practically, if you are both on the same page about wanting to go down this path of having a family and you're seeing that this is your person and he's seeing that you are his person, it could actually be a smart move because if you're going to go through another three or another two cycles, if you just fertilize them, it increases the chance of survival. You know right away if it's going to be successful versus freezing your eggs and finding out later. Um, so then I was like, okay, you know, very practical-minded person. I brought it up to him, um, and I was so at, nervous at what, to bring... What, like, how many, how many days, weeks, months into the relationship were you before you brought that discussion up to him? So let me see. I was... This was after my second s- retrieval. What date was my second retrieval? October, second right? Two, uh, no. It was early November. Okay. So this was now, I think at this point, um, we had met August, September, October, November. So this is maybe like three months in. <laughs> Damn, girl. So, okay. yeah, like three, about three, four months in. Um, because it was, I, I knew like one side of my brain was like, it's practical to talk about this stuff. The other side of my brain right. was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so, of course, I was like nervous. And when I get nervous about having a serious conversation, I get very like, professional and clinical about it (laughs) so so I remember like saying to him like I was like how do I bring this up I was like okay okay well I know we've only been dating for you know a few months um but as I'm coming on my third cycle of egg freezing there is an option where we could create an embryo and if we do that it could help you know buy us more time um and depending on the success of that cycle it could also mean less cycles that I personally have to go through financially and physically and he's also a very practical person, so he was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, if it will, if it will save us money, I guess that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, Wait, you know, by this point, you had already said the I love you, you had met yeah. family already, so you were already, like, pretty much progressed pretty quickly in your relationship at that three-month mark. Yes, yeah, but it was still, you know, it's like we had reached that stage, but we also hadn't been at that stage for very long, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think, like, uh, we we had gotten to the place where we we're like, okay, well, we'll plan to go in for a consultation and evaluation after the holidays pass together to see what that how to go about doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, we had reached that stage, but we hadn't been there that long. So I think it was kind of like, okay, it would make perfect sense because only I was only because at that point I was reaching my third cycle of egg freezing. But I think that if it was more based on the ideal timing of our relationship, I would want to do this like a year into our relationship, you know, before having a conversation Mm, about mm -hmm. something like this. Um, And then also once we started learning more, like we hadn't gone in for an evaluation, but I had talked to the doctor about what it would take to, you know, freeze an embryo versus an egg. And after learning more about how extensive it would be, um, more in terms of like for me, for him, and also cost-wise, we just felt like it was a little bit too fast for comfort. And so we decided to pause and say, okay, we have a lot going on right now. Like we're literally trying to plan to move in together and meet each other's, you know, family and friends and like get all this straightened out. And then now we're also suddenly going to jump into freezing embryos together. Even if you see it with that person, you've kind of reached that point. It just felt like too many things too quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we said, let's take this off in terms of pressure and we'll pause this and we'll talk about it again in like six months because at that point, then we will have been dating for al- almost like a year. Um, so that's our plan now. And 
I had also made the personal decision to not continue to freeze my eggs, um, partially because, to be honest, like I shared at that point, I was feeling pretty burnt out. I've been going through this for like six months now to just mm-hmm. have two cycles of, um, of of frozen eggs. And so that's where we're at right now is that we're both going to pause and then revisit again in six months. And then we can kind of see see where we go from there, either freezing more eggs or maybe, you know, freezing embryos. I'm very curious to hear the update six months <laughs> from now. Um, thank you for sharing, Jay. Yeah. Uh, now that, you know, you've frozen your eggs and, you know, you and Eugene are definitely moving along in the relationship, has your timeline for wanting to start a family changed ever since then? Or, like, where do you stand? Yeah, so um, I remember ha- not... So I remember he had brought up like on one of our, maybe our second date, he had asked me like, when is your ideal time for kids? And I jokingly said yesterday. And that kind of, that did kind of freak him out. Um, but then, so, so when we had like more thorough conversation, uh, I, you know, I shared with him, it's like, I don't, I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of ready to start that process, but I don't think I'm, I ideally would want a kid for another like maybe year or two. Right. And that didn't really necessarily change when he came in the picture. I think it's been pretty consistent. Um, I was, you know, I'd be ready to have them in the next two years, but probably no more like after seven or so years, then I don't really want children as like when I'm much older than that. Um, So I think after meeting him, it just now I incorporate his wants and his um, desires in that. And, you know, he also would prefer to have a little bit more time between just us as a couple before inviting like another human being into into the family. So we're yeah, it didn't really change after meeting him. I think it's always been the same about like in a year or two, Hmm. probably two years (laughs) if things work out. Yeah. Okay. 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 How exciting. Well, that's, I think that's good that, you know, you both talked about it and you're like, okay, let's pump the brakes on this a little, a little yeah. bit. You know, we just moved in with each other. Let's make sure this works out first and then, um, then we can do the practical thing. Yeah. But I could, I could totally see you both being more practical people being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, yeah, let's do one embryo and then see yeah. what happens. But uh, yeah, totally, totally get it. It's crazy when you start to think about, like, it does get into the ethical aspect. Like, okay, so if we fertilize and it's not really a baby yet, like, you know, we would have a thing that exists. And what if it doesn't work out? Then (gasps) who does it go to? And and it's true. So (laughs) so even even practically speaking, once we thought about it more deeply, it was like, okay, this Mm. is actually a very serious decision. (laughs) Hmm. I guess not just with the embryo, but even with your your own eggs, right? Is there yeah. a feeling of if you don't end up using them and you're like, okay, I no longer need to freeze them, technically you're also saying that you're okay getting rid of them, right? Yeah. Does that play a role in, in this whole process too with thinking about what happens to your eggs that you yeah. don't use? You know, I had not thought about that until I was in the office and signing the forms and one of the pages they have is what you have to elect like what will you do what do you want to have done with the eggs if um, you don't end up using them you could either Mm. dispose of them completely um, you could um, donate them so that someone else could use them to potentially make a baby um, or you could donate it to science and so I personally I went with the donate to science route and there was a part Mm. of me that immediately wanted to just donate them to have someone use them but then I did feel a little strange about the idea that my genes might be passed on to a living human and I wouldn't know that and so so I was like okay Mm -hmm. I I don't want them to go to waste but I'll use them for science wow Mm. yeah but it is a big decision I felt kind of strange like oh 
I, I hadn't thought about this. But. Yeah. You're making me sign this paper right now? Let yeah. me think about it first. <laughs> well, now that you're in a relationship and perhaps whenever the time is right to consider expanding the two of you into three, do you think you will both try it naturally first or just go through in vitro right away? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a great question. I feel like a lot of people I was talking to when I was freezing my eggs were just assuming that I was going to do IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually not the case for a lot of women who are freezing their eggs. They're doing it as a precaution. Um, so for me personally, I still want to number, you know, the plan A is still to try naturally first. And only if there isn't success maybe in like three to six months, would I then consult my fertility doctor? And and at that point, you could also, it might be something else that isn't, that doesn't require you to jump to IVF. It could be something in your own body or his body that you could still try to fix up, right? Um, but yeah, they typically say that over the age of 35, if you've been trying to conceive for more than six months, they recommend that you consult a fertility specialist. So I still plan to, to try for like three to six months naturally. Well, thank you so much, Janet, for like sharing and walking us through that whole experience. As we wrap up today's episode, do you have any regrets from your experience? Yeah, I mean, even though I feel really burnt out when it comes to fertility and children <laughs> right now from because of like, you know, about half of year of, of this um, of this journey, mm-hmm. I guess, um, I don't feel any regret, you know, and I think there was a part of me that felt a little bit like... Um, a little sad that I didn't get through, you know, mm. the 10 to get through. I didn't get through the cycles and get those 10 to 15 eggs that I had planned to. But I also remember that when I was going into this, I knew from reading articles and talking to the doctor, it's it's not a guarantee that just because you freeze your eggs that you're going to be able to like conceive a child later. Like all of this mm. is a risk and it's a chance mm-hmm. you're taking. So knowing that I was like me doing this is mostly for kind of like a, like a peace of mind or like there's like mm-hmm. a more of a mental uh, peace of mind and emotional component to it. So in that respect, it served its purpose um, and, and mm-hmm. I don't regret going through it. Mm-hmm. I also want to add that I, I, I actually could see the, I could feel the, the like kind of like the, the relief of tension from you too, Janet, because I know obviously we're always talking about dating and then yeah. I, I know you've always in the back of your hand, like, I need to start a family, to start a family. But I think the fact that you went through this process, just, you just felt, it just, something changed. Like, yeah. just an aura about you. I definitely um, became less, like, antsy and anxious about, um, about dating for the sake of creating a family. It helped me, like, separate mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. Mm. That's powerful. That's very powerful. I think a question for you that could perhaps help other women out there who are just considering now whether or not they want to freeze their eggs. What do you wish you knew before going through the process of freezing your eggs? I think for me, the number one thing I wish I knew was that it could involve multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's going to be different for every woman. Um, but for me, I had no concept that it could be a more than one round. And then when I found out initially after that consultation, it could be two or three. I was like, OK, preparing for this. But then now it's like, oh, it could be four rounds, um, you know, and that cost can build up pretty quickly. And so I would say to for anyone out there who's thinking about doing it, um, you know, 
maybe instead of thinking like, okay, I'm going to commit to this, like maybe go through that first like uh, consultation and process and see um, how many and see what your situation is. Um, and then also have, you know, some financial savings um, or mm-hmm. be financially prepared to kind of support that. The other thing is I, it was pretty close in timing from when I considered egg freezing to when I actually did it. I think that had I done more thorough research and really had this been on my radar more when I was younger and I had a lot of time to research, I think I would have considered interna- international options more because um, a couple women that I talked to while I was already going through the process, said that they had friends who went over to Asia and had it done um, mm. and where it was more, you know, cost efficient. But then you have to check, like, what are the procedures mm. that they're using? Like, are they using the vitrification process um, and, and all of that? And also then if you need to access them, then your eggs are in Asia. So you have to think about mm. that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's a lot of options. And I would say the biggest message I would send to uh, women in their, like, late 20s who want a family is just to just to, you know, do a little bit of research and talk to people. Nowadays, it is becoming more common to freeze your eggs. So it's just good to kind of like have it on your radar. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know that freezing your eggs is a very personal experience, but also more and more common nowadays. So if anyone out there is considering freezing your eggs or starting the process or in the middle of the process right now, I hope you found this conversation today helpful. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave an ice cube and egg emoji in the comments of this episode's IG post. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at asianbossgirl. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree and our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all of her magic on our episodes, including this one. In addition to our main show that releases every Thursday, we now each host mini shows that release on Tuesdays. Tune into K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby Tea with Helen. Each week we release a new episode of one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.